Hello, welcome to Balance and Moderation, a podcast focused on a compassionate and realistic approach to wellness. I'm one of your co-hosts, Rob Young, and in today's episode, we're focusing on the elements of health and wellness. Cher and I really get into the pillars that we feel make up a whole and happy and healthy life. I hope you enjoy. I'm going to keep this one a little short because I don't have my normal equipment, but please like, rate, review, and share us with everybody in your life that you love. Big love is our motto and our message is for everybody. Not necessarily everybody over 18, though, as some content may be inappropriate for minors. But that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode, Elements of Wellness. Sweat. I think there's a lot of debate about how much detox you really get from sweating, but I think you get a lot. I do, too. And I think that there's certain mechanisms with sweating where it's actually the best way for your body to excrete those toxins. That's something that I've wanted to do a little bit more research on that I haven't really gotten around to yet. But uh, I know for a fact that sweating is one of the only ways that your body detoxifies from BPA, which is found in a lot of plastics. And, you know, plastic is in everything these days. So it's a great mechanism, whether you're doing that on a sauna or just getting a nice sweat in on a nice hot day, working out. Definitely, definitely a good looks. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I know I've done some research on it and it seems a little convoluted. And a lot of the studies I looked at were pretty old. And the world from a toxicity level has changed a lot, even in just the last few years. So I don't know. You know, what'll be interesting is when some of these companies like maybe even just on it or these big, maybe I'd say more like wellness oriented. Yeah. Like wellness oriented companies as they get bigger, hopefully they'll start funding a little more wholesome research. Yeah, I would love that. Because a lot of research, I mean, we know that. It's done by corporations, like 70, 80% of all studies. It doesn't matter if it's medical or whatever it is, is funded by corporations. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah. So, I mean, you get some data. You can't trash all data. And some companies do a really good job of putting together good studies. But a lot of companies do a really poor job and like to trick people into thinking that that's bad for you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, so you had a good weekend? Yeah, it was a great weekend. I got to see my family, got to see one of my girlfriends, get some vitamin D. We went to the beach, got some family, human connection. Uh, so that was really lovely. And it was just a very rejuvenating weekend. What about you? Yeah, I had a good weekend. You know, saw family, friends, had some community, good UFC fights over the weekend. My boy, you and UFC. That is so outside my my concept of anything that I would choose to watch. But I know that you're yeah, you're a fighter, so that's different. It's the purest form of competition. Really? It's the most natural form of competition. Okay, I think I'm thinking of like MMA, like SmackDown and shit like that. That's like super staged. Like, (laughs) I don't know. No, no, no. I'm talking about Ultimate Fighting Championship, mixed martial arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's different. I don't know. I just, violence in any kind is not really my thing, but I know that it's different than, I don't know. Just not my thing. Not my cup of tea. It's beautiful violence. Um, Yeah. 
I don't know. I like I said, I've told you before. I think you'd really like jujitsu. It's not really as violent. Jujitsu is much more. I don't know. It's a little more wholesome. A little bit more of a stoner sport. <laughs> like <laughs> chill think, and vibey. I think I would really enjoy that. Actually, I mean, I used to do taekwondo when I was a kid, and I really enjoyed it. I was in the black belt club, and I never got my black belt. Sorry, mom and dad, but maybe I'll go back and get it one of these days because I think what I really enjoyed about it was you know, not only the physical movement and kind of that fire, but also the flow that comes with it. It was a really, it was really like art in a way. And uh, it was also very, it helped me get a lot of energy out, which is just great for my brain. I just need to move my body in order for not just my body to function, but also my mind to work properly. And I know we've talked about this numerous times on the podcast, but I think where we wanted to go with the conversation today was just kind of like the fundamentals of health and what we believe to be, uh, you know, foundational for people to get started with their health and wellness journey before they try to make massive changes with their diet or their lifestyle or things like that. Yeah, I, I think we've talked about this before. People kind of go in too hot sometimes. They just want to jump all the way in and then they go from not really being very active, being living a very sedentary lifestyle to all of a sudden, I'm going to join CrossFit and do keto and change all this stuff in their life. And I think a lot of that is why people can't sustain things. And it's not even really just about ramping up or starting small. I think it's about doing the foundational things that will put your body in a good place to make the changes last. And I mean, I, I just kind of wonder, you know, I'm sure people have asked you this question before, but what do you tell somebody when they, or maybe what thought process, what kind of mental map do you go through when somebody says, hey, Cher, you know, I've been feeling really crappy lately and I really think I need to start getting into fitness or change my diet. You know, where do I start? I just want to be healthier. Where do I start? Don't you love mm -hmm. that question? Oh, yeah. It's how like, do I get healthier? <laughs> it's like, okay, how many hours do you have for me to talk to you about this? Um yeah, I mean, I think one of the most foundational things to get people just started on their health journey is to increase your water intake because so many people are drinking caffeinated beverages throughout the day. Maybe they drink soda, coffee, tea, drinking alcohol, all of these things. Not only are you not getting water, but they also dehydrate you. And water is such a vital part of everything in your body. Your body is almost 80% water, you know? And if it's, I, I had this analogy actually that was presented to me one time about how important water is. And so going back to what 80% of the body is water, if you're getting enough adequate water into your system, which I think is half of your body weight in ounces, if not more, is that correct? Yeah. I think that's like a general rule is you want to take in about half of your body weight. And then if you're doing intense exercise, you want to increase that a little bit. So maybe let's say just kind of across the board, if you don't want to do the math, drink a gallon of water a day. I think that's a pretty fair estimate. I don't think you're going to hurt anybody with that. Uh, with that, <laughs> with that estimate. Yeah, exactly. But if you're not drinking enough water in a day, think about, you know, how much water is in your system and it's getting, uh, 
concentrated with all of the toxins, all of the pathogens, all of the waste that's in your body, if you have, let's say, only 60 or 70% of the water that's really supposed to be in your system, you're getting a really heavy load of toxins in your body, honestly. And what water does is not only does it create energy, but it also allows your body to flush out everything that's not supposed to be there anymore. So part of the reason why you feel so crappy is because there's a lot of maybe literal shit that's in your body that's not supposed to be there. And I know that's actually a huge thing for people is that they're building up toxins and they don't even realize it because they're not exhibiting, you know, really crazy symptoms. But it might be things like brain fog or constipation or gut issues or, you know, a myriad of things. But I mostly see a lot of psychiatric and gut-related health issues when there's a toxicity issue in the body. Toxicity is, I think, plaguing a lot of people. And I think you kind of hit it on the head with water being, you know, people have a lack of water in their their routines. And like you said, it just, the biggest thing that amazes me, and and the funny thing too is, you know, I'll get that question a lot. I want to be healthier. And I'll ask, how many sodas do you have a day? Oh, I only drink a couple. And I'm like, only a couple? A half a soda is too much. Literally, it's it's too much sugar, half a, a half a soda. So, and then, you know, people always say like the Diet Coke thing and stuff like that. And then I get that all the time. You want to talk about toxicity, putting a diet beverage, you know, I think that's even even worse. And I know it's hard because these things are addictive. And I think people don't realize how addicted they are to sugar. I mean, we've all been there. I'm I'm that way. I'm a recovering sugar addict and I always relapse. Yeah. And it's still something that I struggle with too. I mean, Barrett gets on me all the time, you know, when it's 8, 30, 9 o'clock and I'm like, oh, I really want some dessert. I really want some sugar. And he's like, no, talk to me about your day. Obviously something happened because you're craving sugar. Let's let's figure this out, which is it's good on him that he holds me accountable. So having a partner that holds you accountable is super super helpful. No, that that is always very helpful, but I think you just kind of with the conversation we're having, water is super important. You can't really make changes and especially people are like, "Oh, well, you know, I'm not really worried about nutrition. I want to start working out. Well, if you're going into working out dehydrated, you're not going to recover. You're not going to lose weight. You're not going to you're not going to get the benefits that you think you're going to get from it if you're not coming from a hydrated state. And then I think if you want to even backtrack a little bit more, we've talked about it some, and I kind of look at things in their elemental state or compound compound structures, mm-hmm. and I think. You know, if you're really starting, you got to kind of start from the most simple thing, and that would be oxygen O2. And how many people are having a breathing practice? How many people are going for walks? How many people are connected with their breath? And I think you could even speak on this is how much does your world change with just basic breathing practices added into your routine? I mean, in my personal life, it's helped with uh, my anxiety tremendously, which is something I've struggled with throughout most of my life is uh, anxiety and having, you know, different, you know, <laughs> slew of mental uh, insufficiencies. And, you know, I also, it's, I'll say that kind of as a caveat, it's kind of, you know, my brain does function at a really high rate, but then it also comes with a lot of consequences, you know, that cost 
benefit that we always talk about. Nothing good comes without a cost. And, you know, I'm grateful to have the mind and the body that I do, but I've really learned how to work with it. And I think that is true for everybody. You're always going to have your blessing that is also your curse. And you have to just work with that and learn how to make the most of it. And so something that I've learned how to make the most of my mind and my mental health in general is breathing techniques, meditation, connecting with nature, and even going back to a couple episodes ago where we were talking about, I think it was yoga, that I know some people that watch the show aren't particularly spiritual people. That's totally fine. But your breath is really like your connection to your spirit. You're inhaling, you know, your connection, and then you're exhaling everything that's not serving you is kind of a way that I like to see it. And so when you're connecting with that breath, you're really getting a nice oxygen flow. You're oxygenating your brain, which helps your brain work better. You're oxygenating your muscles, which allows you to create more energy and feel more vitality throughout the day. So physiologically, breath is incredibly important. And I would remember, as a side note, when I was in college, and let's say I was studying for a really hard test, like an orgo test or something like that, I would one, be drinking caffeine, which was obviously stimulating my cortisol, which was making me stressed out. But I was also holding my breath when I got stressed out, and it would make me more stressed out. And I would like notice it, just kind of like a light bulb moment. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm just holding my breath. No wonder I'm so stressed out. So I'd like walk away from what I was doing, find a quiet corner either in my house or where I was studying, and just take some breaths. You know, whether it's a breathing technique or just kind of doing a quick five-minute meditation, maybe I use some essential oils to help that aromatic um, complexes, you know, change a little bit of my mood that in that limbic system, that whole pathway, and it would really help me bring myself back to center. And then I would be able to return to whatever I was doing with a lot more clarity. And a lot of times figure out stuff that I was stuck on for maybe 15 minutes or an hour and be like, holy shit, it's been in front of me the entire time. But I just wasn't giving my brain really the nutrients that it needed to be successful in what I was accomplishing. So I think breath is incredibly important. And I'd love to hear about your experiences with it as well. Yeah, I just look at breath as kind of a foundational thing for everybody. It doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to be, even though I do think it's great to ritualize it and to get essential oils or a candle or, you know, different practices that can kind of get you in that mode. I think it can be as easy as habit stacking it, putting it as, you know, I try to take a few deep breaths every time I get in the car or, Whenever you're trying to change your mood, I know I, I, I was listening to a podcast with, with a guy and he always talks about when he gets home, like a, a, a trigger for him or, is, or a key for him is literally his keys. When he pulls his keys out to unlock the door before he goes and he greets his family, takes a few deep breaths, kind of resets, gets connected with the breath, and then it allows him to be, to kind of recenter himself and be who he wants to be for his children or his family. And I think we could take that into a lot of facets of our life. We kind of just go in this autopilot mode and we're never really resetting. And what breath can do too, it can relieve that, lower those cortisol levels, give you some nutrients to your brain, kind of help you reset and help you be a little bit more present moving forward. 
And I think when people are asking, you know, how do I get healthier? And I'm like, well, you should just find a couple minutes a day to breathe. And they're like, well, what is that going to do? No, you're not going to burn a ton of calories from breathing. You're not going to get a six pack from breathing. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to do these things because of that. But what you're going to do is you're going to lower your cortisol levels. What does that do for the body? It relieves your anxiety. It relieves stress, which are huge triggers for us to grab that soda, to eat bad, to get that ice cream like we just spoke about. You know, you you have that craving. It's almost like a trigger for your partner to be like, hey, what's really going on? And breath, breath work is something that, like I said, it just centers your body and it puts you in a state for you to make the best decisions possible. So if you break it down like that, if you go breath and then maybe second is water, if you are hydrated and have a breathing practice, it's really easy to say no to that donut. It's really easy to get up and go, up, go for a workout and get ready. It makes life a little bit easier and it makes things more sustainable. And I think a huge part of what you're getting to is that intentionality and that mindfulness piece, which is lacking for a lot of people. And I think when we see a lot of people go into a really crazy restrictive diet from a pretty unhealthy lifestyle prior to that, or hitting the gym, really intensely doing something like CrossFit or whatever the case may be, but then not having anything else in their lifestyle to help support them in that. We see a lot of burnout. We see a lot of stagnation. But we're also seeing people kind of going at it, not necessarily for the wrong reasons. I think that there is a really true intention of, I do want to be healthier there. But without that intentionality piece, it's really hard to become the best version of yourself. Totally get that. And I, I, I think that is what I'm putting down. And, you know, I think that's what this whole podcast show movement is all about is just trying to find out what your best self is. And it doesn't have to be what is in line for you and I. But I think just, just like your recommendation to drink a gallon of water today, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to hurt anybody saying, hey, find two different times, set five minutes on the clock and just count your breaths. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It's not like a big exercise. All it's got to be is in one, out two, in three, out four, in five, out six, and just count up to 10 and then keep redoing that until the timer goes off. Or you can do box breathing. You can breathe in for a count of five, hold your breath for a count of five, out for a count of five, and hold your breath for a count of five. It's called box breathing. It doesn't have to be some kind of crazy thing. It doesn't have to be an hour meditation practice. Literally, it would, it's, I think the number I've heard before, I think there's different numbers. I don't know what you've heard. I've heard six deep breaths that can like shift. I think that's like the trigger that like triggers your body to lower cortisol levels or something mm. like that. It's like six deep breaths kind of changes your mind state physiologically, like something physiologically happens in your body. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. But. And truthfully, I don't know what that number is either, but I like that number. Let's go with six for now. Yeah. This is our unadulterated advice. Six mm -hmm. deep breaths, lower cortisol. Don't quote us on that. But, yeah. you know, I think that in the long run, if you do that consistently, develop that breathing practice and get hydrated, you know, if those are your two starting points, that is going to lower your cortisol levels. So whether you put a quantitative number to it or not, just having a moment to center yourself and breathe. And even if you're not somebody who can really sit still and just breathe for a minute, I totally get that. Go out and take a walk. Maybe 
take a walk with somebody that you love or take your dog out for a walk. I'm sure he would love it, you know, and get out into nature. That's also such a huge foundational part of wellness is your connection to nature. And I think that is missing for so many people, unfortunately, with the rise of technology and social media. And it's not to say that these things are evil by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but a little bit. <laughs> well, we've had some conversations off the air, Robbie. We'll save that for another day. But I think one of the most dangerous things is that it has gotten us away from our true nature. And being outside is such a healing experience. Everyone can attest this. I, I mean, camping might not be your thing. There might be certain outdoor sports that are not your thing, and you might not be be totally in tune with that. But I would have a really hard time believing that not a single person would not get something out of being outside for five, 10, 15 minutes a day, you know? Nature's huge. It's, you know, I, I, I always refer to things and I wish I need to start saving the actual studies, but I was reading a study one time about the effects of nature and cortisol levels and stuff. And, and they saw a benefit just from even being in a big congested city, going and walking through like a small park with some trees. As long as you're around some greenery and some nature, and you can even bring that into your home. We're sitting in between two, two palms right now that between are inside. Between two ferns. Between, <laughs> we are between two ferns right now. Shout out to Zach G. But nature's huge. And, and you talk about that's a great way to connect to your breath. It's a great way to get going on your health journey. I always tell people, people are like, well, what can I do? What, 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 what's this? And they're looking for this crazy, you know, I'm going to tell them, well, you got to bench press every day. It's, it's, not, it's not that. I, I'll literally yeah. tell people, they're, they're like, what can I do? I go, what time do you wake up? I'm like, oh, I wake up at 7. I'm like, okay, well, wake up at 6.30, get up. The night before, put your shoes, put everything out, get up and go walk for the first half an hour of the day. Don't touch your phone. Don't bring your phone with you. If you have a dog, that's a great thing to do. Just go walk. It doesn't matter if it's your neighborhood. It doesn't matter if it's a trail. And honestly, if you're stuck somewhere, get on a treadmill. Just move your body a little bit. It's going to cause you to breathe. And I would say to even level that up, a lot of people see that and are like, oh, well, I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to an audiobook while I walk in the morning. Don't do that. Yeah. Walk and be with yourself and be with your breath. I love that. I love that. And that's something that I do a lot is, you know, when I'm commuting or I'm on the go or I'm working out, I like to overly stimulate myself, which is maybe not overstimulating for the average person, but, you know, listening to something while you're driving, ingesting information while you're walking or running or doing something else. And it's not to say that you can't do that some of the time, but I think it is important to actually have moments of silence in your life where you can just connect with yourself. You can connect with nature and it's allows you to have a lot more of a clear channel kind of going back to a little bit more of a spiritual point of view, but breath and nature and getting back to basics really allows you to hone in a relationship with your intuition. So, you know, people will say, trust your gut or trust your heart, follow your heart, things like that. And it's really hard to do that if you don't really have a connection to your body. And that's something that I found through my journey of, you know, this whole health and wellness journey. Uh, there's so many things that I, it would be a really long podcast if I went through everything that I've done. But what I'm getting to is 
I've been able to develop a lot clearer sense of my body. If anything, I've become really sensitive to kind of the idiosyncrasies and nuances of my body, which I'm learning, you know, partially to say, hey, it's okay to feel these things. You're not broken. You're not fucked up if you're feeling this type of way at this hour of this day or you've been struggling with this thing. You're a human, and that's perfectly fine. But I've kind of gone on to the other side of the pendulum versus people who have no connection to their body, and then they're like, well, now I have gut issues. Well, now I have cancer. Well, now I have this crazy condition that I had no idea was coming up on me. And it's not to blame those people. I hope this is not coming off as blaming. But I genuinely believe that if people developed a stronger connection to their body, they would be able to prevent illness simply because they're more sensitive and in tune to the natural changes of their body and know when things go from, oh, this is just something I'm experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis. I'll keep an eye out on this too. This is something I've really been struggling with and I should probably go talk to somebody about this. Silence is huge. It doesn't even have to be something as big as what you're throwing down as cancer or gut issues or all this stuff, which I, I think that's a big reason why people will be like, oh, I do all these unhealthy things and I feel fine. Like, do you feel fine or are you just distracted 24-7? Drop, Mike. Yeah. Mike drop. <laughs> and, and, but, but that's the thing is we live very distracted, overstimulated lives. And you want to, if you want to eat less, something that's easy, it doesn't matter what you're eating, but if you want to eat less, turn off the screens, turn off the phone, eat mindfully. I have had a much better time not overeating lately when I don't watch YouTube during my meal. I, I usually eat by myself during the day. I work from home or I'm on the road and I'm, I'm out, I'm running in somewhere. And generally, I will watch a YouTube video or I will listen to a podcast or I will do XYZ while I'm eating. And it causes your body to be distracted. You can't actually listen to the signals when your body tells you, hey, you're full now, you've had enough energy. And for me, I could eat two to three bowls of something if I'm watching TV while I'm doing it, but I'm going to have trouble finishing one if I'm eating it mindfully, sitting there, no music, and really just sitting in silence, eating and being mindful of what's going on and listening to my body. Awesome. So I'm going to kind of do a little mini recap at the moment. So I think it's needed. Yeah. So foundations, starting with oxygen, O2, breath work, connection to the breath. Then we've got water, H2O. Make sure that you're well hydrated, about a gallon a day, more or less, depending on your body weight. And then we've got connection to nature. And then we've got food intake and mindfully eating. And I think mindful eating is something that we want to cover on an entire episode. But just to kind of dive into that topic real quick, I think something is that's important when people are asking, oh, so what do I do to get healthy? I just tell people, eat whole foods. Like, don't try to go vegetarian. Don't try to go keto. Don't try to do all of these really crazy restrictive diets, um, especially if you struggle with mental health because that can be a really dangerous slope for a lot of people. But just get back to basics. Again, getting back to nature. Eat food that grows from the ground. Eat food that comes naturally from our planet. And it's, we're not perfect. Like, I love cheese and I love crackers and I love 
a lot of these, you know, heavily processed foods, but I don't go for the most processed foods. I don't go for the cosmic brownies and the oatmeal cream pies anymore like I did when I was in middle school. Uh, If anything, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a really nice block of cheese. I'm going to get some gluten-free crackers. I'm really going to indulge myself today. But I think what is the most important is, you know, our body understands food that comes from the earth so much more than anything that will ever be made in a factory. And I will go back and do a shit ton of research on this because this is something I believe, you know, to the core of my being. I don't fuck with GMOs. I don't fuck with, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of changing my stance on organic food because I actually think it's a lot more important to eat local than organic if you have to choose. That's a whole other conversation. But regardless of if it's organic or not, regardless of if it's, you know, perfectly of the earth or not, just go back to like eating fruits and vegetables and really minimally processed meats, ideally grass-fed and organic. And that is just going to set you off. It doesn't matter if you're eating animal products or you're eating this amount of concentration of macronutrients, but getting your micronutrients down is hella huge. And as long as you're eating things that are coming from the planet that you reside from, I think you're doing a pretty good job. Great advice. I completely agree. I would. Th- I think obviously the easy, the easiest tip to to anybody would be if it's boxed or bagged, probably not good for you. Shop the perimeter yeah, of the grocery store yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I, I think it's even just there. There even is an easier layer of that whole. You know, if you're starting from nothing, if you're starting from a standard Western diet, eating fast food multiple times a week, drinking a lot of soda and stuff, get your salt and your sugar intake kind of balanced out. You know, I think salt is a good thing, but it has to be a good source of salt. If it's not like a good sea salt or pink Himalayan salt. Probably not reacting in your body very well. It's throwing off your your hydration, and then also sugar. I mean, we can talk about sugar for hours. Such shit. I I um, I think we might as well make cocaine legal if sugar is going to be legal. But that's another yeah. conversation. Uh, just try to cut sugar out of your life. And I know that sounds hard and it's daunting. Your body will thank you, and I promise you'll get to a point if you can tough it out where you won't have the sugar cravings anymore. Mm. And, I, and I would just interject to say, start with just no added sugar. You know, if you are starting from the standard American diet, don't cut out all sugar. Don't cut out like fruit sugar or, you know, car- all carbohydrates and starches. A lot of people will just be like, oh, I'm trying to get healthy, so I'm not eating carbs anymore. Bad idea bad idea. You you haven't, you know, it's not to say that you can't cut down on your carb intake because I do think ketogenic diets are really effective for a lot of people. However, that's not the first step you take in your health and wellness journey by a long shot. But just started with no added sugar. So kind of like you were saying, cut out the soda. I mean, if anything, get some of the carbonated soda waters. And if you still have to put in a little honey, uh, honey or a little stevia in there, it's a lot better than drinking three sprites a day, you know. So make healthy alternative changes. This is, uh, stevia is great. 
I I have a little bit of I get headaches with stevia sometimes. So it doesn't I can't work really... for everybody. It's not really my thing. But I mean, if you're used to eating a lot of added sugar and um, like diet sodas that have a lot of aspartame in it, I think it kind of hits that receptor in the brain. So sometimes you just kind of have to wean yourself off of things. Yeah, you definitely have to start slow, especially if you are giving up sugar because your body's going to go through withdrawals. So you can't just like give it up altogether. But I think just setting a goal and making that a priority. So let's say you have two sodas, try to cut it to one for a week or two and then cut it to zero. Or, or if you really like ice cream, try to not do it every night, maybe every other night, and then put two nights in between that, then three nights, then you're just having it on the weekends. That's kind of me. I don't not eat ice cream. It's my favorite food. If we're really <laughs> going to get down to it, ice cream is my favorite. Mac and cheese is my favorite food. Oh, mac and cheese. Mm. You could make some alternative healthy mac oh, and cheese. Oh, you definitely could. And I and I ball out with my mac and cheese, but you know, the that's healthy side. the healthy ice creams are loaded with like sugar alcohols that are like awful for you. And I think that's a good thing to note is you talk about whole foods and that's the thing is there's a lot of people that think, "Oh, I'm getting healthy and they're eating granola bars and power bars and and having low fat ice cream and and doing all these things that let's just get it out there if a corporation is telling you it's healthy just take that with a grain of salt and you're probably going to take it with a lot of grains of salt because they're probably going to load it up with it but salt and sugar yeah salt and sugar so like we said if it is on a if it's a box telling you it's healthy it's not healthy <laughs> if it's a if it's in a bag it, it it's it kind of goes back to i love kind of putting everything back to a primal health, primal focus. Do I think that we need to be eating completely paleo all the time and that's the only way to eat? No, I think there's some things that modern technology makes more available to us that are very nutrient dense and we can eat them. Like if you really want to go paleo, I love people that are like, oh, I only eat paleo, but they drink coffee. Nobody's drinking coffee in the paleo. (laughs) Like you can't, you know, pick and choose. But the whole point of paleo is more just eating the foods that we evolved eating. Yeah. And if you want to look at food, I like the, a good rule, a rule to have is looking at it and thinking, how long would it take me to obtain this and how many calories would I have to burn to get this food in the wild? And people that eat like rice and grains and you can't like you can't get pasta in the wild. You have to put <laughs> it through all these processes and all these all these things. So that's why pasta, I feel like, is super calorically dense. It takes a lot to make it. You can't just go out and, like I said, you can't. What, have who's you ever had, making pasta who, who's out making in the, the caveman ages? Yeah. And, you know, anything that's boxed or anything that you really can grab a handful of, usually even nuts, like you're not supposed to have that many nuts because think about how long it would take you to harvest 40 almonds by I yourself. That's true. Yeah. But I don't know. I think. Uh, I, I will differ from you in this standpoint as far as, you know, I don't think that everything that comes in a box or in a bag is bad for you. Uh, I do think that for people who are shifting from a Western American diet to a healthier lifestyle, you know, there are healthy alternatives out there. That's not the end goal, but it's a really good starting point, And I don't think we should discount that. That's a good point. I, I shouldn't discount that. I you know the whole, this whole we're, thing is we're like, at like you know ten out of twenty on the on the health scale, and some people are starting at like two or three. We gotta we gotta reel it back a little bit. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I just would say try to keep it as whole as possible. You know the whole kind of rule of thumb of if you can 
read, you know, if you can if you can't pronounce the the ingredients, don't put it in your body kind of thing. I think that's a great place to start. Absolutely. Because there are a lot of, you know, healthy snacks and alternatives out there that I consume, especially because I have a busy lifestyle and I also don't have all the time in the world to cook or harvest my own food and stuff like that. I want to get to that point, but not there right now. And there are some really great options that I've found for myself because they are whole ingredient uh, foods. You know, the combinations are all foods that like, oh, I know what that is. I can pronounce that. I can read that, you know, and maybe do a little bit of research because some things are look like they're not natural, but they are like ascorbic acid. That's just vitamin C. Don't be afraid of that. But things like maltodextrose, don't put that in your body. That's just a shit ton of sugar. Anything with the suffix, suffix is at the end, right? Prefixes at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I had to I had to do a little mental loop. So suffix, if it has O-S-E at the end, that's just code word for sugar. So if you're trying to avoid added sugar, avoid anything with O-S-E at the end. Glucose, fructose, maltose, gross. You know the vibes. The O's. The O's. O's. Watch the O's. I think you make a great point. I think I was going a little hard in the paint. You were going a little hard in the paint. I had to reel you back a little bit. Yeah, you got to reel me back. That's what you're here for. So, okay. (laughs) So, recapping, we got breath, water, nature, kind of starting to eat whole foods. And then I really think if you're starting from zero, and then I think that's when you can really start working out a little bit more of an intense regimen, really doing things that would push your body. I think throughout all of those... You can start doing light things, go for walks, doing even some aerobics, some plyometrics, or just some activities that are getting you outside are going to be great. But I really don't think people should be doing intense exercise until they do have a good basis of hydration and are putting at least some good stuff in their body. Absolutely. Yeah. I think like some recreational activities are a great way to get into physical activity. Like, you know, if you used to play soccer growing up, Call up some of your buddies you used to play soccer with and see if they want to kick around the ball with you or, you know, break out that old bike that you've had for years and you've not, you know, rode in 10 years and things like that. So make it fun. Don't make it super scary. And I think that's a great way to ease your body back into physical activity, especially if you make it fun, you're going to want to keep going back and doing it. Fun is key. And... I think that's why a lot of people love, you know, I've seen a lot of people get really into kickboxing, get really into martial arts because it's very stimulating, it's fun, it's challenging, and you're always having to work. I I, I think as long as you're moving, you're good. I think you want to have some kind of weight-bearing exercise. I think you want to challenge your balance a little bit. Walking can do that. And I think if you are going to go into intense activity, you got to make sure you have a good basis. And I would just say, uh, just focus on your form. Like start, if you're starting somewhere, don't go in there with goals of running super fast miles or, or putting up big weight. Go in there with getting the form down. There's a lot of people running six minute miles out there that aren't going to be able to run in their 50s because they're running flat footed or not doing it the right way. And there's a lot of people benching 300 pounds that aren't going to be able to lift their hands over their shoulders when they're 50 because they're doing it the wrong way. So if you are at that point where you feel like you have a good basis of health and you want to start exercising a little bit more intensely, 
and or you know doing whatever it is even if you're going out rowing or or doing something make sure you're doing it with the right form make sure you're seated in a good position and you're just going to get that many more benefits and i guess with just this whole conversation this is a basis you know we're kind of talking about it from starting at zero but at the same time i think even i can find some of these a little bit better in my life do a little bit better about maybe my breathing or or really you know, we talk about the whole foods and like, I do eat some processed foods and stuff. That's a, that's a journey that I'm on and trying to get better about, but we're all working. And I think for anybody listening to this, if you have a good workout regimen, maybe you realize, oh, I don't really have a breath work routine, or maybe I am still drinking soda or I'm having a bang energy before I go to the gym. Oh, bang energy. Just RIP. Yeah. Yeah. If we we need to do the pre workout episode because we t- I talk about it all the time. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you yeah. want if you if you're great and you're eating well and you're doing awesome, but you're taking pre workout before you go to the gym, you're really impacting your health negatively. So I think the the whole point of this conversation is really just focusing on your foundation. You could be a triathlete right now, but there could be holes in your foundation. And if you want. A big thing that I'm a part and I was just talking about, like, I want to lift into my 70s and 80s. I want to be that grandpa that is running around with his kids and playing one-on-one with, with my grandsons you know, or granddaughters, you know, not that, you know, girls can't play basketball, <laughs> girls can play basketball. We're a cheerleading family. You're, so you're it, very tall. Your, your granddaughters might also be like 5'10". <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we'll so they might play basketball. We'll see. We'll see. Maya might have something to say about that. But... <laughs> Um, she actually has very tall brothers and family. So I think, uh, but never give up hope and never give up hope. But, (laughs) but yeah, uh, you know, we're kind of getting to the 40 minute mark. I think we've had a good conversation. And like I was saying, just to reiterate, there's, this is just a kind of eye opening and just to just maybe recount what's going on in your life. For me, there's a lot of things that I can fix. And a lot of things I can work on, but my focus is really finding that foundation, making sure walking is a part of my everyday, making sure breath work is a part of my everyday, making sure 80% of my meals are good whole foods. I think 80-20 is a good rule. You know, if you have 10 meals, two of them can be bad and you'll be fine. Yeah. And I think even just that's a great point to bring up in general is the 80-20 rule. And I think that applies to a lot more than just food. If you're practicing healthy lifestyle habits 80% of the time and then 20% of the time you, you know, aren't as healthy, maybe you kind of have a couple couple fun nights or you go out and see your friends or you're just vegging out one night, then that's okay. And that's part of life and you're human. So like, don't make yourself feel guilty for being human. That's something I have to remind myself of all the time. I'm not meant to be perfect. So practicing that balance and moderation is really what it comes down to. So live healthy most of the time. Don't make yourself go crazy and make sure that what healthy lifestyle habits you're investing in really establish a great foundation so that you can have that longevity and that vitality, not just in your 20s and 30s, but for the rest of your life. And, you know, yeah. That's great. Yep. You want to start closing it out? Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I'll start something that we are beginning to implement now is we really would like to get an email list going and a newsletter that's going to be coming out within the next month or so. We've been working on it, starting to get to the phase where we're, we're ready to kind of add that to what Balance and Moderation is offering. 
If you go to www.balanceandmoderation.com, I don't know how we got that that URL, but we got it. Uh, balanceandmoderation.com, uh, pretty sure the homepage, if you scroll to the bottom, there will be a, a space for you to enter your email and you'll get on our emailing list and we'll be sending out newsletters and exclusive offers and things as we grow. We want to grow with you and build a community. And I think an email list and having constant contact with everybody through a digital, a digital route instead of just audio is, is going to help grow what we're doing at Balance and Moderation. Good stuff. Um, I don't think there's anything really else I have on my mind, so I'm ready to just close it out. Definitely. Rate, review, like, share with, uh, share with the people you love. Yeah. And if you want to connect with us, uh, we're on Instagram at the BAM podcast. If you want to get on our email list, go to www.balanceandmoderation.com. Please use any of those resources to ask us questions, give us some perspective on something you maybe took out of this episode, or if you have a different way of doing things than, than we do and you want to share that with the audience, please let us know. We love that. And yeah, if you want to connect with us individually, Rob is at Wellness Rob on Instagram. I'm at The Soul in Science. We love you guys. Big love is our motto. And we are out. Love you all. Love you guys. Hey, everyone. Rob here. Really appreciate you listening to our episode. Just real quick. This podcast is for information and inspiration purposes only. Any personal opinions or views do not replace medical advice. Balance and Moderation recommend all listeners embarking on their wellness journey to do so under appropriate supervision by a healthcare provider. Thanks.